Welcome to another episode of the Bandage Podcast, a weekly wrap-up of the most trending healthcare news. Each week, we'll discuss the latest in healthcare, health IT, and compliance. In this week's episode, we discuss the Human Rights Campaign's Healthcare Equality Index, new cancer treatment on Jersey Shore, and a meningococcal outbreak in Florida. Let's wrap things up. This is episode 133 for the week of April 18th. I'm Matt Moneypenny. And I'm Robert Metastelli. Before we get started, our diagnosis code for this week is X00.5XXD, or jump from burning building or structure in uncontrolled fire, subsequent encounter. Subsequent. So this is the second fire you've jumped from. The yep. second burning building you've had to leap for your life out of. Yeah, that's that's bad luck. Um, that's pretty much all it boils down to. That's insane. <laughs> it's also very, very... It's a long code. That's a longer code. There's a lot of X's in this code. I will yeah. I will admit, made too, way too many X's here. How often do we think this is used? Uh, hopefully not. But <laughs> Right. Do you think it's ever know. been used? Do you think anybody's ever had to assume? Well, it has to if it's there. It got a code. Somebody had to code it at some point. That would be interesting. To, to, I mean, now, obviously, it would probably be a HIPAA violation unless they gave it the information. But it would be interesting to interview the people who were the first reason why a medical code exists. Oh my gosh. That yes, is funny. it was me. I jumped out of a burning building twice. twice. Oh, yep. Jim's back. He. Yep. I was the guy who was yeah. struck by an orca. That was me. Yep. I hate to admit it, but here's my story. Yep. Anyways, let's get into it. First up, we have human rights, healthcare win. University of Michigan's healthcare system received 100 out of 100 possible points on the Human Rights Campaign's Healthcare Equality Index. This year's index considered policies and practices among national healthcare systems related to the experience of its LGBTQ patients, employees, and visitors. Four main categories are considered when scoring the HEI, non-discrimination and staff training, patient services and support, employee benefits and policies, and patient and community engagement. As part of its efforts to support its LGBTQ faculty and staff, the University of Michigan has implemented a number of benefits and policies, including gender-affirming healthcare coverage. Nice. Whoa. Whoa. Human rights. Good for them. It's important. It is. 100 out of 100 possible points. That's good. That's a better than I did on I, most of my I don't my know tests. about that. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like nothing is perfect ever. Right, that's true. Unless they're just trying to make a statement where it's like, all right, they're obviously making, you know, they're the example. But even then, they can still be the example with a 90 out of 100. But you're telling me that they are 100% amazing in everything that they do with human rights in regard to healthcare, and maybe they do. No room for improvement, Matt. But... There's got to be something there. There's got to be something that can be better. There's always something better. That's just my prerogative in life. Yep. Better than I ever did on my tests. I'll say that. That's true. I never got 100 out of 100 in any actual test. Now, I'm not talking about the participation tests. Right. Showing up. (laughs) I'm talking about hard tests, Albert. Midterms. Either way, good for University of Michigan. Congrats. All right, next up, new access to cancer treatment. Hackensack Meridian Health will bring state-of-the-art blood cancer treatment to Jersey Shore University Medical Center, executives said Monday. 
giving shore area patients better access to clinical trials and research. The health company will expand the services it currently offers at the John Thurer Cancer Center at Hackensack University Medical Center, starting with leukemia and adult blood and marrow stem cell transplants. Patients also have access to CAR-T cell therapy, a customized treatment that is designed to recognize and kill cancer cells. The treatment is considered a major breakthrough, even though it has been criticized for its cost, according to the National Cancer Institute. Okay, so I'm assuming, now this isn't described in our little story, but CART cell therapy is the blood and marrow stem cell transplants that we referred to earlier Yes. in the description of the story. And the reason why it doesn't happen that much is because of its expense. Right. But... It seems like it's pretty, you know, cutting edge. It seems um, to be effective. It's a, it's a new treatment to diseases that aren't widely available yet because of its cost. And the reason why it was, isn't widely available or the reason why its costs are so high is probably because it's not widely available. So, you know, I feel like since cancer treatment is always on the cutting edge, Cancer patients usually have access to take a little bit more risks associated with their treatment because there really is no cure for cancer. So, you know, I guess you could try, you know, new things if you want to, to see what happens. And maybe it works. Hopefully it does. I feel like this is how most like cutting edge new treatments start. I mean, they're usually cost prohibitive up front, but then by the, you know, you, I don't know, the more widely available it becomes, the more research you do, you can make it. It's economics, um, man. Supply yeah, and demand. Exactly. Supply and demand, but you got in order for it to actually get to the part where it needs the supply and the demand is it needs to be make sure that it actually works. So hopefully it works. Right. Anything towards cancer to fight cancer is always good. Next up, Florida get vaccinated. The Florida Department of Health is urging people to get vaccinated against menococcal disease as the state is currently experiencing an outbreak. While exact figures were not released, health officials said that the number of cases identified this year already surpasses the five-year average of the disease cases in Florida. According to the FDOH, this disease is a serious disease caused by bacteria. Fortunately, these bacteria are not as contagious as germs that cause the common cold or flu. People do not catch the bacteria through casual contact or by breathing the air. Someone with the disease has been. It requires close contact over a period of time or direct contact, such as kissing or sharing drinks. Early symptoms include fever, headache, stiff neck, nausea, vomiting, light sensitivity, confusion, and rash. Anyone who has been exposed to or developed symptoms should be evaluated by a healthcare provider immediately. So, this isn't mono. But it sure sounds like it's mono. Right. It's based off of how it's transmitted. And I'm not familiar with this disease, Albert, but what I am familiar with is the public's, you know, getting vaccinated in any regard now is like a hot topic. Right. <laughs> COVID. Right. So hopefully people in Florida get vaccinated for this disease. Right. It sounds like it's, you know, not very fun to have it yeah gross i don't want a rash i don't want it either i'm not going to be kissing anyone in florida anytime soon don't kiss anybody from florida that's what i can away from this as well me too that's the story that's that 
That's the what's it called? What's the headline really? Yeah, no, I'm out. I don't want it. I don't want it. Uh, it's yeah, it doesn't sound like fun. So hopefully, you know, they kind of get vaccinated, and that's all I can say. Take care of yourself, folks. Come on. With us, go to our next segment. B R E A C H Breach Patrol. It's a breach. All of the latest cybersecurity breaches. Welcome to Breach Patrol. We talk about the latest breaches all across the world. Oh my goodness gracious! What is it? What's our first story? <laughs> Super breach for Supercare. California-based respiratory care provider Supercare Health revealed it had been hit by a data breach that affected more than 300,000 individuals. A recent data security notice posted on its website revealed that it discovered the incident on July 27, 2021, when unauthorized activity was detected on a number of its systems. On February 4, 2022, the company determined that the exposed files contained patient information, including name, address, date of birth, medical record number, hospital or medical group, patient account number, health-related information, and claim information. In a number of cases, social security numbers and driver's license numbers were also in the compromised files. Supercare alerted impacted individuals about the incident on March 25th. Whoa. Whoa, indeed. 300,000 individuals. Yep. Again, it's always such big breaches all the time. It's like, what is the, do social security numbers even have any value anymore to hackers? Are they just like a dime a dozen at this point? Because it's like literally everything is, every breach is like, oh, right. well, looks like you lost your social. Yeah. Also, this timeline is insane. They discovered that it happened on July 27th. Yeah. Didn't figure out what was actually happening until February 4th of the following year, 2022. Mm-hmm. And then didn't tell anybody until March 25th of this year that's a long time that is a long time that's almost a year that's almost a full year of not telling anybody that, that's i mean i guess not great yeah i don't know that might be a hipaa breach notification rule uh violation that's rough but i mean it's a hipaa breach but it also might be a double breach because they didn't do anything until the 25th unless they didn't know maybe maybe they what says the website? Maybe real- they made like a post where like we're looking into this. They discovered the incident on July twenty seventh, twenty twenty one. Just don't That's understand. True. Well, it did say that. I mean, the, the the story did say a security notice posted on its website revealed that it discovered the incident. Okay. Well, so that just says that it might be a recent post about the incident that happened, not a post on its website when it happened. Yeah. So I guess. Uh, that's that's going to be tough to figure out. That's a tough yeah. nut to crack, but if you've been a super care, hopefully you weren't affected. And if you are, um, get some identity theft protection. Right. Sign us an email. Share your story. Tell your story. Tell, tell your story. We're here <laughs> for you. Next up, Cash App Catastrophe, a recent compromise of fast-growing Cash App, demonstrates the risk of insider fraud from former as well as existing employees. Last week, the financial regulator of the SEC released a filing that charged a former Cash App employee with stealing the personal information of 8 million users. The Cash App investing data theft in question happened in December of 2021, when the former Cash App employee downloaded customer names, brokerage account numbers, and in some cases, their portfolio details 
The highs should not affect the wider group of 44 million users of Cash App's popular P2P service, but it does raise concerns about the risk and reliability tied to financial employees. Indeed, insider threats is a real thing, Albert. It surely is. It's a you gotta real, be careful. It's a real issue. Yep. It does happen. Yep. I think the big takeaway is maybe there needs to be some more regulations placed on financial people that work in organizations that are tech companies that deal with um, technology facing yeah. applications where you can trade stocks. Yeah. Stricter penalties for breaking the rules. This is or, like a two-pronged yeah. thing because it's like the, the employee could be facing like some insider trading issues if he's downloading and looking at people's portfolio to figure out the best stocks to True. invest in. And on top of that, he's stealing sensitive information from the people themselves. So Yeah, double screw. Uh, not, not a good look. Not a good look. Finally, we have clinics email corrupted. Bum, bum, bum. Christie Clinic, a major medical practice in Illinois, is informing roughly 500,000 individuals that their personal information was potentially compromised in a data breach. Christie Clinic said the data breach occurred last year when a third party gained unauthorized access to a single business email account, likely in an attempt to intercept financial transactions. According to the healthcare services provider, the threat actor had access to the compromised email account between July 14th and August 19th, 2021, but did not compromise other systems, electronic medical records, or the firm's patient portal. It also noted that it hasn't determined the full scope of the compromise yet, but that it decided to inform all individuals whose information was likely impacted. The hacked email account may have contained names, addresses, medical and health insurance information, and social security numbers. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, there that's it is not again. great. 500,000. Social security numbers. Right, boom. 700,000 in the span of this segment. Social right, security numbers have been leaked. It's almost a million people. It's a lot of people. A lot, a lot of, of people. numbers. A lot of numbers. A lot of numbers, a lot of people. Bad news, bad news. But yeah, so what are you going to do? Um, well, I don't know. They don't, they don't give any, uh, something that's worth mentioning too is they don't, both of these breaches that we talked about with social security numbers and healthcare organizations, they don't give the, the, the free year of. Oh, the free year uh, of uh, fraud protection or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they might, but I mean, Wasn't it's so hard our, for governments to keep up with all these breaches because. Right. The people that know most about cybersecurity are hackers, <laughs> which is right. why the government always hires hackers. Um, yeah, we're just going to see more and more breaches coming too. as I know more this segment more, might be its own podcast pretty soon. Yeah. As more rate. and more people like, I don't know, learn how to, I don't know, hack more effectively. I feel like there are tools and stuff out there now that even in the last like year are letting hackers, um, I don't know, do things more covertly or Agreed. just making the tools more accessible to even like amateur hackers who are now mm -hmm. able to kind of like do more advanced stuff. Like, yeah. Hackers be hacking. Hackers be hacking, man. And we're going to probably need like a, maybe that's the name of the new podcast. Hackers be hacking. And we just talk about hacking all day. <laughs> hackers be hacking all day. All day, man. All day. 
And that's it for this week's wrap-up of your weekly healthcare news. I'm Matt Moneypenny. And I'm Albert Medicelli. We'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Bandage Podcast produced by eTactics.